Welcome to English in 10 Minutes, real, unscripted English conversations about people, places, and their stories. After you listen to the episode, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com. Today, Wendy and I are talking about learning how to speak Chinese. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it will be mainly you who will be talking. <laughs> But before we get into that, a little known fact is that we once made a deal that mm. I would learn Chinese and you would learn Russian. Yep. And it was at a time when we hadn't been to Chinese to China or Chinese speaking uh, country uh, or to Russia or to Russian speaking country but we thought in our travels that that was going to be quite a, a big part of, of the years to come and so we made this agreement and I'm not sure how we decided who got well, which language um, no. but I think I was quite interested in Chinese so I said okay I'll learn Chinese mm. uh, and then we found out that we were going to go and live in China and that we had a work project that, that we were doing there and we would be spending about six months in China mm. and so I started to learn a little bit of Chinese I had a, a book with a with an audio mm-hmm. uh, set as well and was doing a little bit of Chinese um, and I made a little bit of progress I'm still very much at the beginner level um, but then actually when we got to China then I started working full-time and I just didn't have the motivation even though we were in China so it would mm-hmm. have been very useful to continue and to improve um, I just didn't have the energy to come home from work and study Chinese basically mm-hmm. and so that was the end of my brief experience <laughs> with Chinese yeah and then we found that China became a big part of, of our lives for a while because mm-hmm. the following year we went back to China and mm-hmm. we had about three more months uh, again related to a work contract that we were doing there uh, and it was then that you started learning Chinese. I did yeah so the first our first trip to China was in Beijing we spent about five or six months living and working in Beijing and uh, we were working with lots of Chinese people but they all spoke English very well so even though it would have been very useful to for us to know Chinese we were able to get by in Beijing without it you know and whenever we ran into a problem in a shop or something trying to communicate with someone we would just call one of our English-speaking Chinese colleagues and pass the phone over and and we would get through it somehow but when we went back the next year Um, we were based in Guangzhou in the south, but then we were also spending a lot of time traveling. And the very first uh, travel, you know, first trip that we took in China when we were just traveling for fun and not working uh, was to a very remote province uh, in kind of the west of China called Gansu, uh, which is doesn't see very many tourists. Um, <laughs> looking back in hindsight, it was maybe not the best choice for our first trip because we didn't know what we were doing and you know it's 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 not where most tourists go and we didn't realize how difficult it was going to be to communicate um, but it was extremely difficult and so I started learning Chinese just purely as a survival skill at that point I was still studying Russian and I wanted to focus on Russian so I wasn't really interested in learning Chinese for for fun for the pleasure of going through the process of learning but I need just needed some Chinese I really needed to speak some basic Chinese and So I studied and I found that even learning a few words made a huge difference. It made it so much easier. And so then I learned a little bit more and a little bit more. 
And then I got hooked on it, and I really loved it, and uh, continued to study for years after that. Yeah, it's funny, because I think originally you said that you didn't really like the sound of it. Right. But then you changed your mind completely, and and then you, you really liked it. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, and I can still remember kind of what it sounded like to me back then when I didn't understand it at all, and it was just sounds. And yeah, I, it, the sounds were kind of grating, you know, it's, it's very different from English because it's a tonal language and we don't, our English is not a tonal language. Um, so it, yeah, it just sounded very strange to my ear and sounded loud, sounded like people were always shouting and I wasn't attracted to the sound of the language, but now I really am. Now I, I love speaking in tones. I think it's really fun. Um, and, and so what exactly is a, is a tone? Because mm. a lot of languages, or certainly the languages that Western people are familiar with, don't have tones. Yeah. Um, well, if you're probably familiar with uh, the concept of tones from music. Um, so Chinese has four tones. So I'll just use uh, the, the sound ma as an example, because uh, ma can be well, four or five different words, at least, probably more, but it's a different word depending on the sound, the tone that you use. So it could be pronounced as ma, or it could be ma, or it could be ma, or it could be ma. All right, so those are four different tones. Ma, 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 ma. Um, and those mean completely different things. One means mother, one means horse, um, and you really have to get the tone right in order to be understood. And that's another great challenge of people learning Chinese is also related to written Chinese. And so if you look at your example of ma, if it's written in the westernization of Chinese script or the, in, in the Latin alphabet, which is called pinyin, Mm-hmm. then it looks basically the same. It's right. an M-A, and then there's some accents on some of the letters. But right. uh, to, to someone like me, that seems like that's the same word, mm-hmm. even though it's four different ones. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that you always say was really important in your learning of Chinese was that you embraced Chinese characters mm-hmm. early on and really wanted to learn Chinese characters. Yeah. And then you begin to think of, of words as characters, and then you are able to separate yeah. the different tones into different words. Right. Uh, yeah, and I think that uh, the book that you were using when you first started studying Chinese, it didn't teach the characters at all. It, it just spoke, it just taught uh, spoken language, and so it just used uh, pinyin uh, to teach you, and I, I don't agree with that method. I think it is really important to learn the characters, and I'd even say that it's important to learn not just how to read the characters, but how to write them. Uh, even though in practice you don't really need to write things out by hand much these days because, well, if you're typing on a computer, then you can use a kind of pinion input system. But it, in order to... The, the learning that you do by writing and learning all the different strokes and the order of the strokes... You have to get that deep into it in order to really see it and really see all the different components and be able to recognize all the different characters individually because there are so many of them and a lot of them look very similar um, kind of at first glance. So in the beginning, I just learned how to read and I thought that would be enough. Uh, But 
eventually I realized that if I was going to get to a high level, I needed to learn how to write as well, because that was the only way to learn how to read well enough to really advance. And so in the end, what would you say is the level that you got to when you're at the peak of your Chinese powers? Oh, dear. (laughs) Um, Well, I mean, I took the official exam, which is called the HSK, and I passed the highest level of that, which is HSK 6. So, you know, that's supposed to be the equivalent of C2 in the European um, system. It's supposed to be, you know, the highest level that you can get to without being a native speaker of the language. Now, I don't know if I would say I was ever really at that level, but I was more or less fluent. I could I could definitely hold a conversation about lots of different topics. Unfortunately, that's not the case right now. I have lost a lot of my Chinese, and that's something that I've noticed with Chinese more than any other language is that if I don't practice it every day, I forget it really quickly which is a shame because I haven't been practicing every day for the past couple of years or so now. And I really need to get back into that habit because I don't want to lose it completely. Um, Even though it's not my main focus right now and I'm doing lots of other things, it is important to just carve out those 10 or 15 minutes to practice a little bit. And like you said once, that learning Chinese is a essentially a lifetime adventure. It is, <laughs> yeah. You'll never be bored again once you start learning Chinese because you'll always have so many more things that you can learn, whether you decide you want to pick up traditional characters in addition to simplified characters, or you know if you want to start learning about Chinese opera and then learning all these new characters that come in and this, you know, because it's a different way of speaking that they used in the opera. Like there are just so many facets to it. So yes, it is a lifelong adventure. Thanks for listening to English in 10 Minutes. To download a worksheet for this episode, including the most useful vocabulary and a full transcript of the conversation, visit EnglishIn10Minutes.com.